What's up? We're back. It's the Balcony Chatter Podcast, and it is Friday. Um, so happy Friday, everybody. Thank you for listening. We took a week off to um, kind of see if there were any any new things that popped up in, in the Bruins world this offseason because this is our first... Um, I guess I'll call it a, a Bruins chatter, a Bruins offseason chatter episode, which I expect to do a handful of these since we got so much time coming up with, uh, you know, before the start of next season. Been a lot happening. Uh, so there's been a lot happening. Been a lot more to come. Um, definitely. Obviously, the season has finally ended. There is last night. a stan- There is a Stanley Cup winner, and you know, obviously Montreal. And Tampa Bay were in the finals. And I just wanted to say congratulations. To absolutely nobody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there, there's that. I mean, I, I just, I can't even root for, I wanted both of them to lose. So congratulations to nobody. Um, but. I, yeah. I, you know, Brian Bardis feels the same way about this. I, we can't. I know it's been a while since Montreal has been an issue or a problem, but they are still historically the problem. So I do think the lesser of two evils. But it's like it's like uh, I don't know. It's like Kim Jong Un beat Hitler. You know, like it's like it's two, <laughs> sh- <laughs> it's two shitty guys. I don't. That know. was pretty much the perfect analogy. Yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah. I don't see. He's, you yeah. know, he didn't do the Holocaust, but he's still. He kind of does his own version of it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's the that's the that's the metaphor, guys. Take it, take it or leave there it. There we go. You know? Take it or but leave it. it. You better I take do it. Do think the lesser of two evils. That's the point. Also, did you see Kucherov from the top rope in the post game after he'd had a couple of beers about Montreal? I did, and you know, I just want to say that I think that anybody that's complaining about it is just kind of lame because the so. He didn't. It, it's not like he he said anything that bad. But the issue is like any emotion that any players show that isn't like respectful or whatever you want to call it. Everyone's like, ah, canceled. They're done. It's like he. So he said. He said Montreal thought that they won the cup after they won one game in the series, and they didn't. I don't see how that's that offensive. People are saying that he's being disrespectful, and you know, no, that's a great burn. You. I mean, you would have you yeah. thought they won the cup the way the city reacted. And you would have thought exactly. they won the cup when they got to the finals. It's like, yeah, you're allowed to celebrate. It, We're allowed to make fun of you for it. How do you one-up yeah. the celebration for entering the cup final, Montreal, after you were setting fireworks off and having more people in a clustered area than you have had in an entire year and a half because you're still suffering from a pandemic? You guys were just like, flipping this is and it. Lighting, flipping and lighting cars on fire. For, for to get to nothing. the cup. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's hilarious. And, and I mean, Kucherov won't change. Hockey hockey players won't change. Keep the chirping, dude. That's a good chirp. That's There's nothing, like, crazy or mean about that. It's just like they were ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. But we do, uh, we do have plenty of stuff to talk about today yeah. with, I mean, I know it's still... Still early in the off season, we are waiting for the expansion draft. We're expa- we're waiting for the regular draft. Um, obviously, we don't expect to see any free agent signings before the expansion draft, just for the purpose of protection and all of that. So, 
I, I, my guess is there's a lot of, um, I guess, uh, un, unsigned agreements basically being like, Hey, this is the plan. We want to sign you for this much time and that and that. And as soon as the expansion draft happens the next day, you're going to start seeing signings all over the place. Yeah. But I do want to get into a few things because we have, uh, you know, we do have a friend coming on later on in the episode to talk about some off-season stuff as well, which we might kind of uh, get into some of the stuff that we're about to talk to talk about now a little bit later with him as well. Uh, and we might have a call or two. And we have a lot of... So I posted up on our Instagram uh, what people want to see this off-season with the Bruins or what they think that needs to be done, potential signings, uh, what they don't want to see. And we got a lot of responses on that, so I definitely want to touch on a few of those things. Um, so I, I don't know where you want to start. What are you thinking? Uh, I think we should start with um, I don't know either um, either the calls or the yeah. Well, I guess it's calls or texts, right? So I, <laughs> I guess I have no preference. <laughs> uh, All right, let let let, let me read a few of these. So you decide if you want to read or play. Yeah, let me let me read a few of these um, things that either the Bruins need to do or. You know, we'd like to see and we can kind of go from there. So I got a lot. I, let me tell you, I got a lot of, of people saying re-sign Taylor Hall. And I think that that's, priority, that's a big priority this offseason. I don't want to say it's number one, but it's one or two. Yeah, and listen, if, if Toronto is trying to uh, trying to get him, you know, he can, he can go get bounced by us in the first round in Toronto if he wants to. I don't think he wants to do that. I think he's a smarter guy than that. First of all, he definitely doesn't want to do that. Second of all, they don't have the money. I think that they're trying to drive the price up for the Bruins. Yeah, well, I think it's the wrong guy to try that on, and let's hope I'm correct. I don't know. One of the one of the re-signed Taylor Hall things that I got was re-signed Taylor Hall, extend McAvoy, keep Krejci on uh, year-to-year, and go get a tough third or fourth line, uh, t- third or fourth liner. So those are all very valid Th- uh, things that I'd like to see as well. The, I the think Krejci year to year. Could you think you can convince Krejci to do that? So here's the thing. Like this is a very odd situation where, from what I gathered from his off season or his his end of season press conference, which I wish I had the soundbite queued up here, is uh, it, for for me it doesn't seem like he knows whether he wants to continue in the NHL or if he wants to move on and play in check, which is where he wants to end his career. So I don't well, then think that's that maybe it's about... fair to him. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's about term. I don't uh. think it's about money. I think it's about whether or not he wants to continue playing. Because he even said himself, I can't see myself playing for another team other than the Bruins. Love that. Much similar to Tuka Rask. Um, and I hope that he doesn't. I never want to see him wear another jersey. He's done so much for this team. He's been here for his whole career. Uh, and, and I hope that he stays, but... I think it's really going to come down to a few things for Krejci, and I think it's going to be whether or not the Bruins really do feel like they're going to go all in this year. You know, if if they and we, if you they want to go the all they in, have to. Yeah, it's it's do or die. It's, year, you have a two year, year window. I think third year. Yeah. Yep. I think I think I think you only have two years at at a really high level. I think you're going to be good for a long time with with Pasta with McAvoy with the young group coming up. But I don't know for a fact that you're going to have a, a center like Patrice Bergeron that's going to be there and be so consistent. And Marchand's only going to have so much time left after Bergeron's gone. You know, there's a number of factors. So 
it's really it's win now, uh, and and we're that close, and we're a few pieces away. And I think that this this person's right also in saying, you know, pick up a tough third or fourth liner because it's something that we desperately need. We've talked about this a hundred times, where we got bullied out of the cup in 2019, we got bullied out of the playoffs this year, um, we almost got bullied out of the first round by Washington had they continued to play their you know, Tom Wilson goon game and all of that. But I think a very interesting thing came up today with people speculating. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about if Milan Lucic was to get bought out of his contract by Calgary, which there's rumors that it's a potential, which would be crazy because I think he is a very big, you know, his contract's pretty big. Um, would you take a shot on re-signing him for a third or fourth line role? I missed the name. Who out of Calgary? Lucic. Oh yeah. You know Milan Lucic. Who's that guy? I don't, I, don't, I never he's, I never uh, recognize him now that he's blonde. Um, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, but I, would I do that irrationally? So probably. I like I'm complete. I cannot help but come from a homer bias point of view of that I would love to have Milan Lucic on this fourth line and I think it would just strengthen the fourth line if he could get the people we but already have not, down there to, to play a little like-minded like him or or he could let them play their game because you have him I think you're back to br- big bad Bruins hockey there obviously yeah I just I don't know maybe so I guess you know it's all I mean numbers uh, and everything but Milan's Milan's on the back burner, him, right? He's on the back side of the hill of his career, right? You're not getting him because you're looking at him him being a goal scorer. You're literally getting him to stick up for his teammates, to be that playmaker with no, I shouldn't say playmaker, but to be that guy who's going to go out there and not let us get bullied around. You know, I don't want to I don't want to have him at his age go out there and just be a straight up goon. But he doesn't have to be. He's just tough. Yeah. He just has to be tough. I mean, his body's and he has to be able to be out there. Exactly. So, I do have a dream scenario that I don't know if you're interested in hearing about, but it involves Lucic and a couple other players. No, I'm good. You don't want to hear. <laughs> Please, let's go. Oh, well, I'm gonna tell you anyways. So, so earlier today. Because it's so early in the offseason, there's so much going around where we don't know what's going to happen, who's going to go where, what the deal is. But somebody named Vladimir Tarasenko has requested a trade out of St. Louis because they suck. Um, not re- the real reason, just, you know, my opinion on, you know, why he might want that. But uh, he requested a trade out of there formally. So he gave a list because I believe he has a no trade or no movement or something like that, where he gave four teams that he'd be willing to go to. And Boston was on the list. Now they obviously would have to eat some contract because he's a big cap hit. But if you could re-sign Taylor Hall, if you could re-sign Krejci to a team friendly deal and you somehow managed to get Tarasenko, I know that he's not what he was, but maybe he is if he gets on the line with those two guys or something like that. He's still a great player in this league, and he could be elite again. So if you get that as your second line, and then you go down, and you have to bump Craig Smith, unfortunately, but he gets to play with Coyle, and I guess we'll say Richie if he doesn't get taken, that's a pretty solid third line right there. And then on the fourth line, you have Milan Lucic, you have Trent Frederick, and I don't really care who centers that line, but that's pretty solid right there. 
overall, your team got better offensively, which, you know, is pretty good because we were already very good offensively. And you got better physically with Frederick and with uh, Lucic. Again, this is all fantasy land. I'm just talking because it's fun to think about what could possibly happen. But I think that that would be a pretty solid four lines right there. Thoughts? Yeah. Or or potential... Fred, Fred, Frederick needs to be constant on this team. I think he could play third line. I'd love him on the fourth. I think, obviously, he's got that play style. I just do think he has the ability to be like a, a Tom Wilson type, who's a guy who is a who is a tough guy. He's less of a jerk than Tom Wilson. Ignore the ignore the fallacies of Tom Wilson, but just in the sense that everyone, you know how Tom, Tom Wilson's critiqued for this because he can play every part of hockey, but he chooses to be the, the a-hole, you know? Right. So I, I think Frederick has that ability. I think he could actually be a really good offensive component. I mean, really good. And, you know, third string. Uh, a fine, yeah. Level. Um, but, I mean, no, I, I love that setup. I, I think that's fantastic. Now, ultimately, we know you can have the best top 12 guys in, in hockey, but, you know, we gotta we got to figure out some – defense here too and, and that might get that's another thing that might get hit by the expansion draft but I love that Tarasenko oh. on this team would be amazing I I mean I think it's a real possibility I don't know what it would take to get it done but I think that it is a real possibility and they owe us one because they stole Krug from us and I know that they don't actually owe us one but I'm just bitter so that's what I'm saying okay everybody leave me alone I'm still bitter about it bitter about 2019 I still cry tears but it's okay because we're going to win. It's going to happen. I feel it. I feel good about the next season. I don't even know who we have yet or who we don't have, but I feel like they know that this window is closing with Bergeron. With, with, I keep saying Marshan as well because, again, he only has so much time after that, and we've all seen him play without Bergeron. And I'm not saying that he's not a good player. Of course he is. Uh, first, he made the first all-star team, uh, all of that. But... It, he's not the same player without Bergeron. Just as the same way that uh, Alex Ovechkin is not the same player without Backstrom. You know, there's plenty of these guys that don't play the same without their their wingman, you know? Yeah. So I think that the, the, the team and the organization knows that it's, it's now or never... And they have to, they have to jump on the fact that they, they have the ability to get some guys... People seem to want to come here. Um, people are taking team-friendly deals. There's a lot of factors in that. So <clears throat> I think they got to do whatever it takes. And I'm glad that you say that it doesn't just take offense because we have a phone call that I do want to listen to that I believe uh, touched on defense a little bit. Okay. So let me play it. let me play it for you real quick. Yeah, what's up there? Oh, First Christ. time, long time. It's your cousin yeah. Sully here, Tim's cousin Sully, of course. Uh, yeah, so I think I got an idea for what they got to do next year. And watching these uh, these NBA playoffs, I don't know if you guys have heard of these clones that got in the NBA, uh, the Morris brothers. But I say that we 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 got we got to clone Chuck McAvoy. That's what we need. The guy, you know, he's just targeted too much. He's targeted far too often. If we have two Chuck McAvoys, then you can't take him down. So clone Chuck McAvoy. Uh, maybe kick Tuka to the side, get get Swayman in there, keep it going, and uh, you know, uh, you know, find a way to make sure that 
Patrice Bergeron soft agent, you know? Oh, and Hayachara. Why not? All right. Thanks, guys. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> I don't so, know what's more jarring, for, the, the fact that he doesn't realize that this is a podcast and not a radio station, or the fact that he thinks that cloning is such a current thing that there's two NBA players that are, that are already doing it. I was just going to say the same thing. Like, he realizes that this is... He, th- th- this this is a podcast, right? No, I mean, clearly no, he doesn't. He, yeah, I think that's just a fact. No, he doesn't. And uh, I don't. I kind of. I don't. I, I mean, I, I hate to open up the the can and ask him what he's been watching for television lately, but I gotta imagine it's some sort of sci-fi network thing that is just all about cloning, um, because <laughs> that seemed to be his only take. Oh, and anti-aging. Sure. Well, let's let's baptize Patrice in the river of youth. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I gotta say though, I definitely I. Don't disagree with him. If there is a way to clone Charlie McAvoy, there is a way to de-age Patrice Bergeron. I mean, these are all extremely good Very, points. They're not wrong. Here's what I'll I'll pretend this is a real point. Any sort of Char- Charlie McAvoy clone that already exists is another human in the NHL. I think it, I do think we need another like even if it's like a diet version. He's just like we need some some more of the 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 heart that matches the men, the mental toughness that Charlie has that I think could spread a little further along this uh, defensive line. I mean, I think also if we can anti-injury the entire defensive six, that'd be great for us. Yeah. Like I said, I, I can't say that I disagree with him, right. but he is insane. He's out of his mind. Um, it's, a, it's amazing he knows how to use a cell phone. Um <laughs> Or, uh, that was probably a payphone. What do I know? Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, again, he's not wrong. No, definitely not. But a couple more things I want to touch on uh, before we get, you know, too far into that whole sci-fi aspect of the the world here. But a couple other things that we got were, you know, solidifying the bottom six, getting a top four li- uh, left defenseman, which is definitely something that they desperately need. And, you know, re-signing the big names in free agency. Again, we're talking Krejci. We're talking Taylor Hall. Uh, Tuka Rask is a whole other situation that we will talk about at some point. And, you know, the, the, they say make a big splash somewhere. That's what we all want, of course. I mean, signing Vladimir Tarasenko would be a big splash. I, I don't care who you are. That That's a big splash. So... You know, something like that would be great, and I hope that it happens, but I'm not holding my breath. If it does, I will be extremely happy, but um, we'll see. I just keep thinking about how how insane that second line would be if they were to be able to re-sign Taylor Hall, re-sign Krejci, and somehow grab Tarasenko. I mean, you're talking a scary one-two there. Yeah, and we've been talking, the, uh, you know, this year was already the best one-two, and obviously we need to do some work to bring that back. But this year was already the best one-two we've had uh, since 11 or 13, we were saying. I, I think the top six you're describing will, would surpass either of those years. That's – it's tough. That's tough. It's potentially. It's, but, it's they, they could. Not – would is tough, but they could. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, I would tend to agree. Um, we got one other one that, you know, all these ones that I've read off so far have been pretty realistic-ish. I mean, it seems to be things that we can attain. But this last one here uh, is something that I think is really a possibility 
and I don't know why nobody said it earlier, but um, it was pasta and Marchand to Philly for, it says, for Jake and a bag of pucks. I don't know if they mean Jake Voracek or whatever they're talking about. Um, either way, probably a fair trade. Uh, for Jake and a bag of pucks and a 20% off code to Chuck's Buckets. So I think that's probably the most realistic one that we've seen so uh-huh. far. Uh, Marchand and Pasta, they got to go. Sure. I think it's time. Uh, nothing. They've done basically nothing for this team. Uh, and I don't see why we would keep them around, especially at their, their current contracts. So, yeah, it's time to go. Send them to Philly where Philly's a good, you know, they're a team that's building up to be potentially good over the next five to ten years. I mean, they're good now, but, you know, they're going to just keep getting better. So, yeah, let's just be Philly fans. Let's send them over there, and uh, I, I don't see why we Best wouldn't. fans in sports. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't – it's definitely. Oh, man. If Ch- if Chuck ever wanted to send me a hat, I might say something like, I'd do that trade for just 10% off a Chuck's bucket hat. But You know what's funny is it wasn't even Chuck – it wasn't even him that said that. Wow. That is – well, that's someone with taste, though. Chuck's buckets. Get that stuff on your head. <laughs> Those are sick. So one last thing I want to talk about before we move on to the, like I said, we had a guest come on, have some um, some chat back and forth about their thoughts on the Bruins offseason and what they need and all that. But one interesting thing that I want to get your opinion on is Jay Pandolfo leaving the Bruins. Uh coaching staff and now having a vacant spot on the Bruins coaching staff. And if I'm not mistaken, there is a guy who is in the off seat. He, he's in a, he's a free agent right now, played for Washington last year, played for the Bruins before that he was the captain. And I think if he retires from hockey, maybe it's worth a shot giving him the opportunity to fill that assistant coaching position. And his name is Dan Ochara. He's still got a house in the North Thoughts? end. I believe he does. I would imagine he did. Um, but I'd love that. You know, do you think do you think it's something that he wants to do? Do you think that he wants time off of hockey? What's your opinion on it? I have it? no idea. I think a lot of these guys, he might be one of those guys who says I want time off, but I could totally see him be one of those guys who says he wants time off and then he gets time off and he's driving himself insane. He could walk to the right. garden. You know, he's on the road 41 nights out of the year. He's working right right near home. Home, If home really is still Boston for Zidane O'Chara, I don't see why this doesn't. I, I don't see why. That, I mean, obviously, he's working more nights than that. But, like, you know, he's literally pretty much only on the road for 41 nights out of the year. Um, right. Still gets to be a much more of a family man. Um, I don't know. Doesn't have to put in as much. I mean, I know that he's always going to be a workout machine, regardless of whether or not he's playing or not. But he doesn't have to put in that. I need to be in game shape. No, he's not. It's type not the of weight effort. room. It's not anything like that. It's, right. It's, it's his schedule is much more laxed than a player's, and his lifestyle is much more laxed than a player's. I think. I don't know. I think. I think. It, it seems like a perfect window, but yeah, I could see him being one of those guys who learns that he's going to go crazy if he takes too much time away from hockey. <laughs> well, it's either that or I think that I think that they would offer him the position to be honest with you, but it, it really comes down to is he done playing hockey or not? Yeah. For for per, like personally, is is right. he able to step away from the game in the playing capacity and go into coaching and help some of these guys? 
you know, especially if he were to come back here, he's essentially coaching guys that he just played with two years ago. Right. It's got to be strange. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll get a job at uh, higher. Maybe he'll be hired to be the dictator of discipline. Stay tuned for that later. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, I mean, unless you got, I got something one. else, I think we I go right one. into this. What? I do have one oh. thing. Okay. Do you think the Bruins could have gotten through Tampa Bay if they were able to get through the Islanders? Uh, I do. I think that the Bruins had a better opportunity, a better chance of beating Tampa Bay than they did beating the Islanders. And then Montreal is just looking at absolutely beating Montreal. But I, I think that um, looking at the Islanders series after the fact, we matched up. They matched up better against us than Tampa would have, in my opinion. Of course, Tampa has a great goaltender, an elite goaltender, uh, the best, actually. And aside from winning the best of this year, which I believe he got robbed, even though I think Flurry's a great goaltender and he deserves it as well. Um, but I think that solve it's always going to come down to goaltending in the playoffs. Uh, solving that is the big issue. That's why... Montreal made it so far. Carey Price kind of stole some games for them, and they played well as well. But I think that we would have matched up better against Tampa looking at it now than we did against um, the Islanders. So Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think we just looked gassed in game six, and I worry. I think we're better than Tampa, and we match up better. But it just looked like we might have been out of gas there and a little too depleted injury-wise. But – but that's also just my way of because I think we would have stormed through Montreal and it's just it's kind of a bummer that this is maybe the only time in NHL history or at least the rest of our lives that we we would have had the opportunity to win a cup against Montreal. Even just to play against Montreal in the finals it would have been I guarantee that would have been one of the most watched finals in the last you know who, who knows how long. But even fans who shut off when their team lost we're going to tune back in for that I agree. Exactly. An original six, you know, matchup like that, and the two teams that you know hate each other, uh, it would have been a fun one for sure. Totally agree. Yeah. But, like I said, I think I think we get into this call, we, we hear um, some other opinions that aren't just our own, and I, we really enjoy hearing from everybody else too, so keep sending us those DMs with things that you think. Uh, because we're gonna we're gonna do a bunch more of these episodes. We're gonna do a Celtics episode as well, a handful of those too to to talk about their off season, talk about the Olympics a little bit. Uh, we'll get into all that stuff on another episode. But we want to hear from you guys. We want to get your opinions and and be able to talk about it and get everyone involved. And the more calls, the better. The more DMs, the better. Whatever you guys want to do, you feel comfortable with, and hit us up however you want. Our numbers on our Instagram or you know, our DMs are always open. So uh, keep that up, and we'll make sure that we try to hit as many of those as we possibly can. We got a lot. So, you know, obviously a few of them kind of went uh, unread, but we'll make sure that we read all of them and, and respond and all that. So thank you, guys, and, and we're going to get into this uh, this interview now. All right, we got my dear pal Jason Peabody on the line. Uh, for those of you who don't know Jason, he is – I, I would say one of he's my favorite chef poet combo I've ever had <laughs> in my entire life, and he's phenomenal at both. 
And he's also probably, and I am saying this even though I'm out here, I'm just being honest, probably the biggest West Coast diehard that I know, certainly in the L.A. Long Beach area. Uh, Jason, dude, thanks for joining us. Thanks for Welcome to our uh, hopefully not so sad because we're a little bit further away from elimination pod. I mean, last night uh, ter- uh, Tampa Bay hoisted the cup uh, in place of the demonic uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh Jason, you know, initial thoughts about the season. You know, uh, I, I know how you felt that night. You should you should go into how what you went through uh, the night we were eliminated. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, thanks yeah. for joining us. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, thanks for those, those humble words, and <laughs> I'm I'm honored that I'm one of the most diehard fans here on the West Coast, in your opinion. Absolutely. Um, which. I, yeah, I, I, I would say that's true. Um, I'm always chomping at the bit on every game I watch out here. Um, yeah, that night, game six that night, um, I actually just walked, listened to your, uh, your guys' game six episode this afternoon again. I just wanted to, you know, painstakingly <laughs> just get back into that mode, get ready for talking with you guys. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a shit show. That, that was, I mean, the boys that night didn't really play their best. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, I mean, I think the second thing that really happened, um, which not a game determiner, but, you know, the NHL's got to get their shit together with their officials and how they officiate with their on-ice calls. And, you know, we, you guys have probably talked about this before. I've talked about this with you, Tim. The, the missed calls, the non-calls, the wrong calls. I mean, the entire Stanley Cup. I watched a bunch of other games, too. And, you know, the refs might as well have had a Islanders patch on their jersey or a Vegas Knights patch on their jersey or a Habs or whoever. Um, you know, these, these games have been very biased throughout this past Stanley Cup specifically, um, which is just a – it's a damn shame. But, yeah, that, that night, I mean – I felt I felt the pain from the boys. I went to the bar. I wore my Tuka Rask jersey. I blacked out. My girlfriend had to put me in an Uber, and I don't even remember leaving the bar. I just woke up the next morning, just like fuck. Hey, I don't I, I don't drink, so if I did, I'm sure I'd be doing the same exact yeah, thing as you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that you know that was that was that's how it felt. You know, it sucked. Um. So many injuries happened. I mean, two specifically in, in, in that series. One before that, Miller was in the uh, what was it? The uh, play the fucking Capitals. Um, which I mean, they were so tired from that. That's one of the best teams in the league last year and well, the year before that. Um, yeah, it was it was it was hard to watch this year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't help that uh, we've said a hundred times on this podcast that we don't like to blame officiating, but if you're going to call a game, make sure you call it the same way for both sides. So if you're not going to call anything, don't call anything. And if you're going to call everything, then call it on both sides for everything. You know, like at least I, call an even game. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think the best example of that from that series against Zers was the whole uh, cross-check from the back. You know, there are so many cross-checks from the back laid on us that went uncalled yep. when they called 
even lighter things that they called a a cross check to the back against us. Right. It's like you guys got to make up your mind and and be on the same the same page. It's frustrating so, because it, it's definitely yeah. it showed that players players got injured because of bad officiating. It's as simple as that. Not just on the Bruins in every every series. You know, there were players oh, that oh, got absolutely. beat up. And it yeah, was because of bad. Justin, it, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was it was terrible. I mean Yeah. I mean all all of that crap aside, I mean the goaltenders throughout this entire Stanley Cup series was, was my favorite part to watch of any game. It, they were phenomenal. Yeah. Um, making insane saves that, that just left people uh, just baffled. Um, but yeah, back to the NHL crap with, you know, with, with officiating. Um, I think the same thing needs to be applied to how they're going to go ahead and find people. I know you guys saw Cassidy, Bruce Cassidy got that $25,000 fine for his comments after, what was it, game five or game four? Yeah. Um, I'm proud of every dollar. The uh, the irony of that. Absolutely. I saw people gunning to make a GoFundMe so that it didn't have to come out of the come Let's out go. Of pocket. The irony Let's of that go. being he had complimented the officials the game before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which... Again, I'm just, I'm just baffled by most of the shit that comes out of the NHL. Well, the worst part the about itself, it, too. The league itself. Right. The worst part as well was they they wanted to prove a point and not let Cassidy say the things that he said, so they fined him. F- fine. If that's what they feel that, like they have to do, then fine. But they essentially, yeah. there was an admission of guilt by switching up the referees the next game or or two games later that they clearly did they were in the wrong they made the wrong calls they made the wrong decisions and and it really did alter the outcome of the game so what whether they said it or not by switching up the officials like that if, to me as a fan watching from the outside it's sort of an admission of guilt so absolutely i i thought the same exact thing when i saw those moves being made and i mean you know if you're going to find Bruce Cassidy, $25, $25,000 for a very respectfully put criticism of the officials, then you got to find players like Tom Wilson a little bit more. Because right. you just got to find for a two-minute comment that outweighed the amount of fines that Tom Wilson has got in, in this past season, which is just insane to me. I mean, on the like, other hand, as well, you, you you had the Islanders preaching that they were the the New York Saints. Well, I mean, obviously, Bruce Cassidy kind of coined that a little bit, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they they definitely. took it and ran with it. And then in the very next series, you had Barry Trotz complaining about complaining about uh, the refs and didn't get a fine, oh. didn't get anything. So it's just it's a double oh, standard. Oh, oh. Don't get me started on Barry Trot. Yeah. Fuck oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you guys saw the banter, uh, the off-life banter going back and forth between him and uh, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, it's um, yes. I agree him, with Cassidy. Classless. Saying, oh, absolutely classless. And, like, I understand. You know, it's hockey. It's the playoff. You're going for the cup. You're going to get in your opponent's head however you can. 
whether it's in passing at the rink or you're warming up on the ice or whatever. Um, I mean, I guess it's been a while since the NHL has seen people do that, like on air in interviews. But that was just that was just classic. Um, Patrice Bergeron had a great response to that, um, to which I thought he respectfully defended himself the same way that Bruce Cassidy respectfully criticized the referees. You know, the, sure. the Bruins play with class, and you know that's a team. You know, I, I feel like can be proud of repping since before it could even walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I got no, uh, one funny. other thing we, we, we got to acknowledge here is, uh, and we've talked about this on the podcast, there needs to be a committee in the NHL. There cannot be a head of discipline, especially when it's a guy named George Peros who has played with half the league. It's just, it's ridiculous. That's why there's a double standard. There's no, there's no committee. Yeah. This isn't the league against them. It's one guy. And it's just like, okay, maybe he doesn't like us. Like, it's just like, and listen, again, yeah. we hate to say this, and honestly, maybe this isn't even true and whatever, like not even saying this is the point. I think we should still be able to win hockey games, officiating be damned. Yes. But, but he, has, he has an absolute ability to sway decision, and he gets to make the, he's the, he's the dictator of discipline. It's ridiculous. That, he, that should not be a I, thing. I, it should be democracy. I completely agree. He has, he has the ability, one man has the ability to, you know, give suspend players, find players, you know, call into the game and, and whatever. And that should be a committee. Absolutely. It should be people who, I don't know, at least multiple people, you know, who am I to say whether they should be uh, retired players or retired coaches or retired referees. But I mean, those people would know the game best. However, their opinion might still be biased because of who they've played with in the past and who they've played under in the past and who they've coached in the past. So, I mean, it's going to be hard even when it is a committee, but it should absolutely be a committee and not one man's decision. Well, I mean, it's kind of similar to when they make a call on the ice and they don't know what it is and they have to call up to Toronto and get the review booth up there. You know, like, it's not the referees that have to make that decision. There's a, there's a bigger, you know, somebody, a group of people who can take better looks at everything that's going on, and it shouldn't just be this one guy who's deciding the fate of of players, especially in the playoffs and making these stupid decisions. I mean, we didn't really see many suspensions aside from, I think, Kadri got suspended again because, of course, he did. Um, but otherwise, it was yeah. a lot of fines. You know, there wasn't a ton of suspensions and, and all that. So, I, I mean, it's just it, it's just a rough situation because he is, he's got a lot of criticism since he's been put into that position. So, obviously... It needs to be looked into for sure. Yeah, and I feel like any one person who's in that position is going to face a lot of criticism. Yeah, and, of course, as they should. But it it should be a committee, right? Not just one guy. You know, this, there needs to be like calling, a, pretty much calling that person the the hockey god of of injuries and, and weighing people's sins on the ice. We need <laughs> a uh, we need <laughs> NHL jury duty. Yeah, exactly. That would be great. That would be wonderful. <laughs> Unbiased if, 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 opinions. If certain plays went up against like a jury, right? Of just like fans. <laughs> That'd be great. That would that would be truly entertaining. Everyone would be drunk, have different jerseys on, half fighting each other. <laughs> that that sounds like a very very good idea that we should probably make into a reality at some point. But 
Anyways, aside from all of the sadness that we experienced in that second round matchup, unfortunately, this team overall yeah. seems like they're in pretty good shape for the future. And, 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 you know, they had a good shot at it this year, obviously didn't go our way. What do you think, what are your opinions on what needs to happen in the off season and where we're heading moving forward, uh, be, you know, being a fan of the team? So I, moving forward, um, first and foremost, they got to keep Taylor Hall. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the news earlier this morning, but there's rumors floating around that the Toronto fucking Maple Leafs are trying to string along some trade to get Hall over there. I mean, he's a free agent right now. They got to keep him on board. And it seems like uh, Taylor Hall is looking more for a home rather than, you know, a huge salary bump. Agreed. Uh, I just based that on past things I've heard him say. Um, it would be great. If he stayed, you know, we got a lot of players that are, that are willing to take um, salary cuts and, and are putting the team first. Uh, I mean, they make a crap money anyway. Yeah. Of um, course. Outside of that, I'm going to have to say, you know, drafts are going to be important coming up. Um, you know, whatever we can snipe with free agent people. Um, I heard, uh, How's that guy's name from uh, the Blues? Uh, the Russian sniper, Tarasenko. right wing. Tarasenko, yeah. Um, there was also a rumor going around that uh, the Bruins might be out for Tarasenko, which would be really interesting if we got Tarasenko and kept Hall because we would have two fully loaded lines. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, and back to Hall. You know, he plays great on that line with Krejci. Um, and who else? Who's on the other side there? Craig Smith. Uh, yes, Smith. Yeah, they they play well together. And Hall plays really well wherever he's put. You know, we had to do a lot of line changes um, because of injuries in, in the Rangers series. And wherever Hall was, he performed well. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't see any mistakes. It seems like he's fitting in much better with the Bruins than with the Sabres. Um, I mean, beyond that, you know, beyond drafting a, a stronger roster, uh, specifically drafting um, a more deep defense, you know, working on what we got for our third and fourth lines, um, and even who's backing that up on defense. Uh, I think that should be a huge focus for the boys this, this summer and in the off season. Outside of that, I mean, their power kill is great. I hate to say it, but we got to work on the power play. The boys got to work on the power play and truly capitalize on more of those things. I've seen so many games throughout my life where just no one scores on any of the power plays the whole game. I agree. Like, it's insane. You know, it's a it's a five-on-four advantage. It is a mathematical advantage. <laughs> Um, it's, and it's not only that, it's you have legitimate superstars out there. You're talking, you got Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasta on the first power play unit. Like, you're, you're talking yeah, superstars in the NHL. Loaded. Right. Yeah, the first unit is loaded. Yep. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, I mean, on the flip side, the power kill unit is loaded too. I mean, I mean, you got, I mean, any power kill unit that has Brad Marchand on it is. <laughs> 
insane. Yeah. The dude is a nut. I think well, I think the numbers like uh, he has scored twenty six or twenty seven uh, shorthanded goals. Yep. In his career with the Bruins, that is insane for any player to have a stat like that. Um, he he's a nut. I mean, uh, shit. Um, congratulations, Brad Marchand, on, on making the NHL All-Stars uh, first team there. Much deserved. Uh, I think that's very well-deserved. Yep. He is a phenomenal player and one of the Bruins' greatest assets. I mean, he can score. He can skate. His puck handling is out of this world. The things that he pulls off getting the puck from, from blue line to blue line and to the net is unworldly. I, I, I've watched single plays like, seven, eight times. It's like, I don't understand how someone can do that on ice. (laughs) I'm glad he's on our team. That's all I can say. Absolutely. Yeah. If he was on any other team, I'd be like, fuck that guy. I mean, I understand why he's gotten the name ball of hate and rat and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, looking to the future, Things that the boys need to work on, Marchand needs to work on keeping his stick down when the puck's not in play. Yeah, and and I think that that's self-inflicted because it's not accidental. It's on purpose. Every Mm -hmm. time, it's on purpose. It's always on purpose. We got lucky when that first one went both ways. Yep. Absolutely insane call in, uh, I can't remember which series that was. It was before the Islander series, I think. It was the, I think it was in Washington. So, yeah, they called it both Washington, way. yeah. Uh, <laughs> they sent us both, and I was like, all right, thanks for that four-on-four four we do not deserve because what the yeah. hell is he doing? Oh, man. He, yeah, yeah. Just absurd. Yeah, he needs to keep his stick down. I mean, his other antics, he seemed to uh, you know, kind of keep in line. He's not looking people's faces anymore. I mean, fun um, fact for, for anyone listening, Brad Marchand is no longer a repeat offender if you go by the rules of the NHL. So if you don't get suspended for, I believe, it's it's at least three, it might even be five five years, if you don't get suspended, you come off the repeat offender list. Wow, it's like, so, a, it's like, oh, it's like car great. insurance and clean driving. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of system is that? Whatever, I'll take it. Oh man, good for Brad! Wow, yeah, not great for Brad. He's um he's the next jersey I'm getting. I've already decided. Can't go wrong. Well, uh, yeah. Well, Jason, what, it's really really hard to find in a way. Totally. Uh, hey, J- Jason, one thing I definitely want to ask you before we let you go here. Uh, I think you're yeah. You're not only one of the bigger diehards over here. You are probably one of the bigger Tuca stands I know. Oh yeah. Let's go. So to, I'm a huge Tuka Rask fan. So I've got his jersey. I mean, where, yeah. Where are we at with having him back? I think so. All right. It's kind of a loaded question for me because back up to the last, not this Stanley Cup, but the one before that, when he backed out of the bubble, I felt betrayed. Um, but I, under, I, I understand. You know, you had family is family. It's a pandemic. It's a crazy world. Um, you know, had he backed out in the beginning, I would have understood just that much more. Um, but, you know, that's the past. That's all water under the bridge. Um, I think so long as his 
current injury gets taken care of well during the postseason. You know, I know he's going into surgery. I think he's a guy we should absolutely have back in between the pipes. I mean, just the way he performed in the playoffs was was great. Um, you know, there were some goals that got by him that were not his fault. Um, there were some goals that got by him that were his fault. Um, I think he's still making good choices, you know, when the puck's bearing down on the blue ice there. Um, I think we should keep him around. And, you know, as of right now, we got a, he's got some pretty good support between Swayman and Hollis. Um you know, I can't think of a better, like, combination of goaltenders to have on your roster. You know, I mean, Halak can step up. I mean, Halak's not always the best, but he's he's really good. He's got Very good solid backup. There. Yeah. Very solid backup. And then to see Swayman come out of practically nowhere, it was like, who the hell is Swayman? And this dude is the ultimate goaltender. Yep. And I mean this because of the mentality he takes to goaltending. So everyone knows goaltenders, goalkeepers, whatever sport you're talking about, they are absolute masochists. They are crazy people. They are insane (laughs) people. And Swayman was quoted to say that he personally enjoys penalty shots. Yeah. He loves it. He He loves the shootout. He loves the shootout, dies by it. And I think he's proven it. Um, the dude's a great goaltender. So Rask has some really good backups. You know, he's, he's definitely getting older. Um, so I, we'll have to see how this injury goes and, and how his recovery goes. But I think, I think we should hold on to Rask, um, at least for another season and see how the season goes. Here's my concern with, with the Tuka Rask situation. And I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast yet or not, but, I'm worried that if they do decide to go with Swayman in the meantime while Rask is, you know, recovering from the offseason surgery and um, they go with Swayman, but yet they sign Rask to a, I don't know, you know, four four to $5 million contract for a couple years, but then by the time Tuca's ready to come back, they realize that Swayman's ready to go and he is, you know, say he's having and an Swayman's amazing season. Crew. Yeah, yeah, and and then they kind of get into a situation where you you're paying this guy, you're paying Tuka Rask a bunch of money to potentially sit on the bench, or you have to sit the hot hand with Swayman and put Rask back in there, and you know that's the situation that I'm unsure if that's going to happen. Now, do they even go with Swayman as the number one next year? I've read conflicting reports. I don't know. I hope they do because you know, obviously, I mean until Tuca is ready to come back. But, um, you know, I hope they do because I want to see what this kid can do. And I think that um, experience is is great for him because he is the future. Like, he is your number one coming up. So, the the more reps. He's the future of NHL goaltending. He's got a bright future with the Bruins. Absolutely. not a bright future with the NHL in general. Yep. So, any reps he can get in there are only beneficial to his play down the road. So, um, that that's where I stand on the situation where I'm worried about it. But, you know, Tukarask obviously is a top goaltender in this league. He's proved it time and time again. Of course, he doesn't have that win as a starter, but you know, the, there's yeah. still time and this team is still, still has a bright future and, and they really should 
in theory, be going all in over the next year or two years because Patrice Bergeron only has so much time left. If you want to win with That's him, it, it's it's now or never. So, yeah, and I costs. think at the end of the day, between Cassidy, Neely, and um, Sweeney, you know they they definitely possess the ability to make the hard calls for the the benefit of the team. You know, we saw Krug leave, we saw Char leave, yep, um, both which absolutely broke my heart. Um, but when it comes to Rask, you know, when he's back, and no matter who's number one while he's out, when he's ready to go, you know, those three are going to have a very tough decision to make. You know, whether they're – whether whoever the number one is, um, whether it's Swayman or Halak, um, if he's hot, he's hot. You know, and they're going to have to make that choice then. Yeah. Um, whether to keep – Rask at number two, or I mean, I think Rask is looking to retire with the Bruins. He is. Um, I don't think he's looking to go anywhere else. So, you know, that's going to be a hard conversation between Rask and, you know, the big three there in Boston. Well, there's definitely a lot to look forward to, and there's a lot to, you know, there's still so many question marks. We're super early in this offseason, so, I mean, there's going to be plenty of stuff to to see how it plays out, of course, the expansion draft and all that. Um, but, you know, there's so many question marks. And, of course, you know, I would love to get your take on more stuff when, when things start happening, when contracts here's, start getting signed. And Here's the plan. I, I have the oh, plan yeah. for us. In August, our boy Andrew is coming west. He's coming to the L.A. area. I, I partly know Jason through friend of the podcast, Brian Bardis. I think the four of us sit down yep. in the same room and do a podcast. By then, I think we'll know what we're looking at for the incoming season. If I'm, if I got my dates correct, um, I think that I think that's the move. Both drafts will have happened by that point, so we'll be in better shape. I would imagine that the schedule will be released by then too. So we'll have tons of stuff to talk we're about. Gonna have, I'm, I'm we're gonna down, have an man. in-person August sit-down, us three and Brian, and uh, I think uh, yeah, that's the so, that's the move. That lo- put it in your calendars now gentlemen let's go I, I i want to but i hate to be the bearer oh, of that no. i'm actually going to be back east i'm going to be back east in connecticut and massachusetts from august 9th to august 30th. oh wait no i think we're good i'm here i'm i'll be there on the 6th yeah we're good we got a window oh let's make Great. it happen we got a window yeah all right we'll all right, lock it in we can do. we'll lock it in hopefully brian's not going to be in like space or something yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah who knows where where you will be <laughs> All right, man. All right. Hey, Jason, thanks for well, hopping awesome. on. Hey, dude. guys, thank you so much for, yeah, thank you so much for having me on, on the podcast. And uh, fucking let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Looking forward to August. I'm, I'm sure you guys are glad to hear from other people other than us. Uh, for once, it's been a while since we've had another person on here. So We are too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And we plan to do it again. I mean, we're definitely going to have some some. We got some stuff planned, and we got some more friends that are going to come on and talk basketball, talk hockey, um, talk all that. So we we love doing these types of episodes, and we look forward to doing them even more. And hopefully, we have some more news coming up. But you know, as always, thank you guys for listening to Balcony Chatter. On we're back on Fridays. Um, we're we're trying to keep it that way, but. You know, we took a week off, but we're back now, and we don't plan to take another week off for a while. So um, 
thank you guys for listening and continuing to listen. And, uh, you know, obviously give us give us all the, the DMs you got and the questions you got, and, and we appreciate the uh, the feedback too because it helps us to better the podcast and, and talk about stuff that everyone else wants to, not just what we want. So, you know, we appreciate all you guys that follow us, that listen, and, uh, you know, we'll be back next week for sure. Go Suns. All in.